Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit. <laughs> this is Uncharted. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. Let me tell you, this week has been crazy. For the last four days, I have covered a 1,000-plus miles and had a blast every step of the way. Saw every square foot of Missouri. Uh, excuse me. Saw every square foot of Mississippi. Apologies to Missouri and Mississippi. Uh, went through there with intentions to go on a musical journey. Uh, started uh, at Elvis's house, went to Tupelo, saw the house he was born in, a two-room house uh, sitting there in Tupelo, a very nice park surrounding it with a cascaded waterfall and a small little, uh, I don't know, man-made lake type thing that was really nice and a really good statue sitting in the back. As I went and saw the statue, uh, well, there's, there's three statues. There's one of him as a 13-year-old boy. And then there's one of him as a little boy kneeling with his full-grown self with his karate sparkly jumpsuit in the backdrop. And as I'm admiring it, I'm thinking I'm surprised someone hasn't came over here and torn this down uh, because it's a statue that represents Elvis. And Elvis was a white guy, and that's just what ran through my brain as I was admiring it. And I touched it to see how heavy it was, and I would think that one or two or three of the Antifa kids could have probably picked it up no problem but it's up on a hill and I don't know how much they exercise but where there's a will there's a way so that's what ran through my head but anyway that part was really really fun then drove like five and a half hours all the way to the bottom elbow portion of Mississippi to Gillsburg and in Gillsburg is a little spot in the middle of nowhere out in no man's land but on October of 1977, I believe the 20th, uh, was when the infamous plane crash of Leonard Skinnerd, where their uh, rented plane ran out of gas. They crashed in Gillsburg, killing three of the original members and injuring uh, almost, well, it injured everyone that was on the flight. It also killed the two pilots and an assistant road manager and um, just a crazy, crazy situation, but they made a really beautiful monument there. There's like three uh, statue type, well, not statues, three monumental type things there that explains what happened um, and, you know, what happened to the band on the back. There are murals of them. It's just a very awesome, somber place. It was raining when I got there and uh, just something cool to take in. So went and saw that. From there, carted all the way down to Amite, Louisiana, uh, stayed the night, and then headed to New Orleans, Louisiana, that I've always wanted to see, uh, being a music enthusiast that I am. Went to check out the French Quarter, Bourbon Street, had a beignet, uh, checked that out, um, got to smell the smells. Um, because of Corona, there wasn't a lot of activity going, but got to take in... Uh, New Orleans and where jazz was invented. Got to see their cemeteries that are beautiful and creepy all in the same shot. Saw Mercedes-Benz Stadium where the New Orleans Saints play and the Pelicans and uh, just saw where jazz music was born. I really enjoyed myself. It was nice and hot, uh, but a really cool experience uh, just checking it out. 
I'm trying to hit all the spots before I leave this earth. Uh, next on the list is Motown, and that's in October. That's going to be a birthday run me and my daughter are doing. We're going to head out there uh, the weekend of my birthday, drive all the way to Detroit to see Motown, probably try to stop at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, after that, we went down, saw the ocean a little bit, um, Gulfport, Mississippi, I believe is what it's called. Checked out some water. Couldn't go too far to the water because some special birds were having laying eggs and hatching them and all that. So we couldn't go over there and see that. But you could see the ocean and put your toes in the sand. From there, went to Alabama. Saw a house that I thought Hank Williams lived in as an adult. Turns out he only lived there for like four years until he was 11 years old. It's a museum full of Hank Williams senior stuff uh, saw that and uh, then went to the museum in uh, Montgomery his main museum where the Cadillac the infamous blue Cadillac is where he died in the back seat um, went through that the tour was really nice however was disappointed because I could not get my picture made with the blue Cadillac which was the main reason I wanted to get in there because I wanted to pose with it uh, I got to see it did not get to pose with it, but a uh, great tour. I uh, learned a lot about Hank Williams Sr. Also went a, f a mile up the road, and uh, GPS got me lost. I had to circle around about four times. Went to the cemetery where Hank Sr. is buried. Saw his monument, his tombstone. Uh, noticed that um, if you're a fan of Hank Williams the cemetery that he is buried in is not well kept. Uh, his area, of course, is clean, but a lot of the uh, people who have passed on to the here on after, their grass is not manicured and it's just uh, not in good taste on that part. So if you live in Montgomery, Alabama, or know anybody or are just a fan of Hank Williams, uh, write them on Yelp or talk to the local whatever, and uh, somebody needs to get in there and cut the grass because... Uh, you know, these people are deceased, and that's just the right thing to do. So they need to get their grass cut. Oh, and I forgot to mention, speaking of that, staying in the hotel, um, the people that owned it, whoever cleaned the place, like we would, it was hot. So we'd leave the air conditioner running, and when they'd clean the room, they would turn the air conditioner off. So we'd have to sit in there in the boiling heat for the air conditioner to come back on. But other than that, and the grass not being manicured for... Uh, Hank Williams Sr.'s uh, graveyard that he rests in. Uh, pretty good trip. Saw the ocean. Covered a lot of square feet. Uh, saw his blue Cadillac. You know, saw Leonard Skinner. Saw Elvis. Just saw a bunch of uh, dead guys who uh, did a lot of great things in music. And, uh, you know, enough jawing. It's time for the podcast. Got Carrie Means, uh, voiceover actor. Funny, funny, awesome guy. The voice of Frylock from my favorite cartoon of all time probably uh, Adult Swim's Aqua Teen Hunger Force uh, he was the voice of the Fries he was the main leader nonchalantly enjoyed him and it was a privilege to get to talk to him and then we had the hilarious stand-up comedian Sean Patton uh, who uh, you know check him out on Comedy Central his social medias uh, his YouTube really really funny guy supposed to be in Nashville at Zany's the 10th of August in which I purchased tickets but because of corona, covid, rona, whatever you call it, it's had to reschedule. So those are my two guests this week and we'll get on with it. Thank you for listening. This is Josh Belcher, host of the Uncharted podcast. Let's get this party started. 
First on deck this week on the podcast is Carrie Means, professional actor, voice talent, professional artist. Uh, you may not recognize his name, but you definitely recognize his voice as he was the voice of Frylock on Adult Swim's Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Caught up with him about some situations he's got going on with his home. A tree fell on it and struck it and caused a lot of damage. Uh, he's got a GoFundMe set up. You can help him with that. Uh, talking about how he's surviving right now with Comic-Cons being scarce and a bunch of other stuff to have to do with his uh, voiceover work and uh, being Frylock on Adult Swim. So that's the first interview. That's next on the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. Enjoy. Okay, so you, you mentioned Huntsville. Um, how, how was that convention as far as, like, the safety of the people with, with COVID and everything? Uh, um, how did all that go you know, down? They, they gave me and my buddy, Eddie Price, who drove, drove us there, two tables put together. I felt real important, like a VIP. Then I immediately realized that it was for social distancing. Yeah. <laughs> Very first time I did a time where all my stuff actually fit on the table because, you know, my roster is growing constantly. Matter of fact, uh, Eddie just gave me two new 11 by 17s, and he'd been wanting to give me anyway, and he drew. Yeah. And I'm going to post a video later on tonight about about those. Mhm. That's and awesome. Get, uh, so my roster has grown to what twenty six pieces now. Wow. And then um, uh, what was the thing? And then I saw I saw the video where the one young lady did that three D thing, which looked freaking awesome. Like that was I, I, I fan art. That fan art was on point. I had to rub it in Eddie Price's face because he's known as that three D guy. Yeah. Exactly. And he does pieces. I don't know if you know who Eddie Price is, but he's a, he's a hell of an artist. He yeah, he does a lot, of top, a lot of top stuff, doesn't he? Like with tops cards and whatnot. Used to, he used to. He told me a story about the tops thing. He said oh. they only paid they only paid him like three bucks for card. Wow. And then, and then his cards were selling for like three hundred. Yeah. <laughs> so they were, kind of, they were kind of bending them over a little bit there, you know. Yeah, wasn't wasn't uh, and wasn't having any, any any lube at the end either. Just all. Hardcore, yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh, uh, speaking of Huntsville, do you? Uh, I don't know if you keep up with any kind of sports or anything, but did you know what the uh, the town voted to name their minor league baseball team? No, I did not. Uh, they they all voted for the Rocket City Trash Pandas. The Rocket City Trash Pandas. Yeah, see, it, Huntsville, you know, is the space, so they call it Rocket City, and then. A trash yeah, can yeah. is what they call a raccoon. So it's a raccoon in a garbage can that looks like a spaceship. Okay. They should have just went with a possum. Probably see more yeah. possums than a raccoon. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was neat because, see, not, well, we don't have baseball, but the sounds play them, and they used to have a different name, and I saw trash pandas, and I looked it up, and that was like a unanimous vote, so. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. But um, talking about art, you know, I was watching you. I didn't realize what an artist you are in your own right. I know you've got the voice talent, but um, did you uh, did you do any of the drawings as far as cartoon, like any of the artwork for like Aquatine or any of the shows you've been on? Nah, nah, nah. Really? I'm I'm just I'm just the guy who went to college with a commercial art major. Actually, <laughs> I, I, when I moved here. In the, 
to Atlanta in 1993, I was told by my college professor to contact uh, Georgia Tech so I could further my career in, in uh, graphic design. Yeah. So I suggest that, and they told me that they didn't have it up and running yet. <laughs> so I was like, damn, what do I do? Okay, I just I guess I'll go back to the stage then. I'll go back to doing theater. That's what yeah. I did. Next thing you know, I was doing a bunch of theater in the early 90s. I did a Ren Fair in 95, brushed up on my improv skills, and uh, I didn't get into I always knew I had a good voice, and that's what everybody used to tell me. Yeah. So I figured I'd make a demo tape. I walked around with a with a digital audio tape in my bag for about three years before I knew what to do with it. Mm-hmm. The CDs and started mass mailing it out. That was before the age of MP3s and stuff of that nature, you know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. So I'm mailing my I'm mailing my demo out to all these different agencies around the country, and uh, I was doing a play, and this girl kept coming late to rehearsals or missing rehearsals. She's like, I just got back from an audition. I just got back from this gig. I just got back from so-and-so. I just looked over one day and was like, who's your agent? Because uh, I need some representation. He's like, oh, Rona Burns, Burns agent. You know, so I ended up sending a demo CD to the Burns agency. Didn't hear them for two weeks. Next thing you know, I'm I'm calling her one day in the break room of my day job. And as I, as I called her, she answered the phone. She was like, I was calling you. Same time as you calling me. I oh, want to wow. meet you. Yeah. I want you to come in for, um, for a, a test, audition, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So next thing you know, she started getting me all these gigs with Cartoon Network. Cause she was, I, I guess she was already in, you know, sending them people. And uh, I started doing bumps for Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z. I think I was the person who told the world uh, the first time Goku died that he was going to die on, on this season of Goku Dies. Oh wow! But I was the. Do <laughs> you remember the first incarnation of Samurai Jack? Uh, I do vaguely. Yeah, that's been a while. Yeah, I think I do remember that. <laughs> I was the announcer for that. Oh, how cool! I was, I was the guy telling on the next episode of Samurai Jack. Jack gets the so that and the other. And a guy heard me, heard my voice doing these promos and, and narration for Samurai Jack. Well, not the narration, but you know, just the. Just the commercial spots. Yeah. Um, and he, his name was Larry Morris. I remember his name very well because I went to high school with a guy named Larry Morris. It was more like a dark-haired Italian version of Spicoli from past times of my life. <laughs> my, my dead tarantula, his name is Bebo. Today for show and tell. Uh-oh, he's not in his box. Anybody seen Bebo? Bebo, where are you? You know, that's how I got. Yeah. But this oh. was a PA, production assistant, for Adult Swim at the time. He's probably a CEO over there now. I don't know. They don't call me no more, so I'm out of the loop. Basically. Really? I was just a hired gun, man. I didn't want to turn it proper. I was just an independent contractor. No kidding. Mm-hmm. But you, so you, anyway. yeah, you became the part of the most successful uh a run of anything they ever had, still to this day. I know, and you would think they would realize that to bring the damn show back, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know where their heads are at. I never did know. But anywho, <laughs> um, so he ran the Matt Malero and Dave Willis. This is like 
what, 99, 2000, something like that. You got to hear this Kerry Means guy. He'd be perfect. But it's a show y'all put on about these food products, blah, 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 blah. So next thing you know, my agent contacts me. Oh, she sent me uh, the script for Rabbi through the fax machine. Really? On my day. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> we talking, it was like 99, 2000, man. You know what I'm saying? It was oh, yeah. Machines in, in major use at the time. <laughs> and whenever I do a panel, I always say, once upon a time, kids, there was this thing called a fax machine. It would make a really weird voice. <laughs> It was sent over all these little pixelated images, zeros and ones, form words, and you could read. Wow. And so I'm in the break room of my day job with the script for Rabbi in my hand, going, no, be quiet, don't get a jam box. And <laughs> next thing you know, I hear, I hear Matt and Dave, Matt Malero and Dave Willis, they're just cracking up that guffaw and they're just rolling at, at, at my reading. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm not going to get this kid. Let me back up a little bit. My agent did describe the character to me. I never had seen any pictures or anything. She was like, well, he's a box of french fries and he floats. I don't even know if she said that much. All she said was basically, uh, he's his name is Frylock. Get the reference, Frylock Sherlock, okay? He followed me? I was like, yeah. And she was like, well, he's uh, he's a straight man. He's a... Uh, He's really the leader, but unofficially, and he wants to solve the mystery. He wants to do the right thing, solve the case, fight crime, and all this stuff. Well, the other two are just idiots. So I was like, <laughs> okay, <guys." laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I went with that, and the voice just kind of came out of me. You know what I'm saying? And it came down to me and one other guy. And apparently the other guy was too boring, too droll, too mundane, too deadpan. And they yeah. selected and I got it. The rest is history, you know. Yeah, I, uh, and what what drew me to your character is uh, actually know a guy in real life. His name is Xavier King, and he's a stand-up comedian from Youngstown, Ohio. Uh-huh. He he actually looks like Trilock. <laughs> um, but I, I always associated with him. But um, I'll tell you my origin story. How I became so how it became so treasured for me. My daughter Hannah, who is about to be twenty. Um, when I was 17, I became a father, 17 and 18. 12. Yeah, and, uh, I'm sorry? I thought you were about to say she's about to be 12. No, yeah, she's 20. I, I'm, I'm 37 and she's 20. But about to, anyway, <clears throat> while I was a young man. When oh, when you were a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. I, <laughs> uh, when she was How born, I was, I was young. I was 17, yeah. All right, well, you got it out of the way, right? Well, anyway, uh, my origin story with Aqua Teen is that when she'd get up at night um, when I would have her for, for my visitations, it would be a time for Aqua Teen, you know, Adult Swim. So I'd change her, feed her and everything. She'd have a cartoon playing, uh, and I would have something that I can enjoy as well. So it was like a meet in the middle. And even to this day, like, she's she's 20, and her friends, she introduces them to Aqua Teen. She'll be talking about it, and they'll be like, what is that? she would be like, Oh, this is me and my dad's thing. So it's always been something between me and her because even though as she grew, <laughs> oddly enough, and then when she got old enough to realize what it was, you know, we went through DVDs and everything, got the whole collection. It's always been our thing. So thank you for that. <laughs> wow, that's deep. Yeah. This guy's 35 and he's got a 20-year-old daughter. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> 
And that that's, uh, you know, like I said, when we'd get up, when she'd get up and, and, and be cranky, that'd be when, um, you know, uh, Adult Swim would be on, and we'd be watching you guys, uh, you know, in between 12-ounce mouse and, of course, uh, uh, you know, the uh, coast-to-coast, Space Ghost. Space Ghost, yeah. With Mr. Did you Lowe. see the, the Meal episode? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of they pranked everybody into thinking that, that we were a spinoff of Space Ghost when actually we were already on the air when that Baffler Meal episode aired. Yeah, Baffler Meal. I remember that, yeah. That was That's the one and only time that I was never – well, that was the second time. There's two times that I wasn't Frylock. That episode of Baffler Meal, if you pay attention, it sounds like the moon lights. Frylock yeah. sounds like Earth. And Shake sounds like Ignite because it's Matt Malero and Dave Willis who do Ignite and Earth. Yeah. Basically, that's that's what that is. And the other one is the live episode that was like supposed to be the last one forever and ever with T-Pain playing. And that's funny story about that. Dana Snyder told me the real deal behind that. Uh-huh. Dave, Willis, Dave Willis called him and said, we're going to do a live episode. We want you and Carrie to play yourselves. And so Dana kept calling Dave and bugging him. When are we going to do this? When are we going to shoot it? When are you going to fly me in? <laughs> and next thing you know, Dave Wills was like, uh, we kind of already did it. And he was like, what do you mean you already did it? We weren't there. Like, no, we uh, kind of uh, got somebody else to play y'all. And he was like, what? So he told me what? that. I didn't even know. They weren't even going to tell me nothing about it. I mean, I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, what is that? Now, Dave Willis did play Meatwad as an exercise ball. You remember the episode? Yeah. Hey, John. And John Benjamin played Shake, and T Pain played me. I was like, yeah. "Wow!" And that, if you remember correctly, that was just around the same time that they had just given T Pain had just gotten all gotten all this money for the, the the voice augmentation equipment that he didn't even invent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, they've been using since the seventies. Yeah, and I found. Another little tidbit about that. It, it used to be used in, in, in mines and wells for, to locate certain uh, trimmers, I guess, mining equipment. And they oh, found wow. out it had a with augment your voice. That's what that's somebody good. told me. That's what Eddie Price told me. He was like, yeah, that's, that, that was used as for mining equipment. Oh, know, wow. Trimmers and stuff. I was like, what? How <laughs> <laughs> you could you know, talk through it and make your voice sound different. Next thing you know, Roger Troutman and Zap and all these hip hop and, and, and disco guys were using it. You know what I'm saying? Let me see you moving on the dance floor, baby, stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember going to the studio to record something for Aqua Team one day, and Matt and Dave were both there. And I was and I was like, Can you believe all this money? They just paid T Pay to do uh, to for something he didn't even invent, he didn't even come up with, and they were looking at me like deer in headlights, and they didn't say anything. But you could see the expression on the face was like, "Well, we just paid him a buttload of money to play you." Oh, you know, yeah. That was the look on their faces, but I didn't, you know, I didn't put it together until later. I was, then I saw the episode, and I was like, "I'll be damned." Yeah. <laughs> you know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah, and when I saw that, and not just because you brought it up, like. Uh, you know, for, you know, when it was, you know, fresh, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, 
you know, why why don't the guys play themselves? Because, you know, the voices are off and everything. Uh, it was just it was just different. It was, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have, you know, mixed mixed feelings about that particular episode. So. And uh, I saw a post T-Pain made. He's got the Moon Knights in pure diamond, you know, all blinged out to wear around his neck. I was like, oh, that's what he did with the Moon Knights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he, last I heard of him, he won the Masked Singer. Did you watch, you watch yeah. any of that? He did. He won the Masked Singer on the first season. That's right. Without and they his say, yeah. They didn't use auto-tune. Well, he must have took some uh, voice lessons because let me tell you, I heard him sing live before, and he sucked. <laughs> you heard, have you ever heard him sing live before that? Uh, Mad singer. Um, I Man. have not. I have not. I just heard him. Uh, you know, I heard him on right. albums and everything. There was a reason why he was using the auto tune. Okay, that was a reason. <laughs> Poor T Pain. And then uh, H. John Benjamin is actually Bob from Bob's Burgers. Yeah, I know. He's Bob from Bob's Burgers. He's he's. Freaking uh, Archer! Yes, right. He's Archer. I forgot about that. Also, the Mothman in season one of Aquaman. He sure was. How cool is that? Yeah, the Mothman. And then, uh, he's one of the Bible fruit characters too. Dude, that that was great. That one right there. They're like, they're like, just pray it away. Just pray it away. Yeah. You know um, it, Tim. When you hear it, you know. Yeah, it's it's unmistakable. And then he he makes you want Arby's every time he's on that commercial too. Ha. They should make you. You should do a food commercial. Arby's. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean Arby's? Oh, uh, H. John Benjamin does the Arby's commercials. Oh, that's big range. I know, but he uh, he did a couple of them as well. You can look them up. He did like he does a lot for sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on a couple of them. Yeah. But Big Rain says we have meats, and then they cut to him. He's up for sandwiches. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but you, yeah, you've got a voice. You should you should be doing some food. Maybe like Golden Corral or something. Man, I, you don't think I've been auditioning for this stuff? Yeah, I've been I'm up. sure. I, I auditioned. My, my most recent big audition was for Pizza Hut. The guy who says no one out Pizza the Hut and all like that. Yeah. They, they gave me a bunch of taglines and uh, this, this big-time agent. From Hollywood contacted me and wanted me to audition for the Pizza Hut thing. I didn't get it, and I was like, "Well, uh, can you represent me?" And she was like, "Are you in SAG?" I was like, "Nope, I hear nothing else from her." <laughs> that's awful. Seriously, that that's that's sad because you've got one of the greatest, most distinct voices out there. It's, it's I don't oh. have, like um, I told people in this panel over the weekend. I don't have six thousand dollars laying around. I could just join SAG. Oh, Even yeah, though yeah. a popular voice actor mentioned at a, at a con in front of hundreds of people that he was going to get me in SAG and I wouldn't have to pay a penny. I'm not going to mention his name, but uh, let me put it to you this way. Uh, you know Gorilla Grodd from The Flash? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, I, I, you can figure it out from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. That yeah, guy. I- <laughs> but uh, speaking of voices, and then I, you know, I looked up where you, uh, you know, you've been in uh, symphony opera courses. Hey, uh, courses. Have you ever thought about recording an album, like just you singing? Have you heard the Aqua Teen Christmas album? Yeah. Of course. So I'll go. I went in the studio to record. Now, first of all, Dave contacts me and goes, "Hey, Carrie, we need you to come to the studio. We're going to record an album." He didn't say what kind, so I started writing down all these rap lyrics. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is like 
2006, 2007 or something like that. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it might have been later than that. It might have been like 2000. It was 2000-something. Anyway, Apple Team's still only here. It wasn't it was it wasn't two thousand ten or fifteen, not like it was like two thousand eight or nine or something. Somewhere in there between two thousand six and nine. And uh I was like, Yes, I finally get the bus of funky rhymes. So I started writing out all these rap lyrics, right? Yeah. Getting all excited. I was like, Yeah, 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 this is what I'm gonna do with the bus of funky slow. I get there and he's like, Oh, it's a Christmas app. Okay. So they wanted me to see Said, can you sing Oh Holy Night? I was like, yeah. So give me the lyrics. And I'm singing Oh Holy Night. The stars are brightly shining in my classically trained way. And I finished. Carrie, that was beautiful. Like, can, you, can you F it up and do it like Friday would do it? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. So that's how that went. But when they, when they last time he contacted me about something similar to that was the last incarnation of the theme song for the for the last season. If you've heard yeah. that, Apple Team Hunger Force Forever. And I go in yeah. the studio. I go in the studio with my wife, who wasn't my wife yet at the time. She was my girlfriend. Right, honey? Right. So we went to the studio. We go down there. And Dave Willis says, okay, we're about to record a new theme song. Here's your part, Carrie. These are like two little lines. That he had written down. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't think so. Let me hear that beat one more time. Mike, Mike McCullough was a sound engineer for most of the show, or all of the show, and the movie as well. So he's dropping the beat. And I sat down right next to my wife and wrote out the lyrics that you hear every time that intro comes on. I got Jack by the Cosby shot, but Teddy Tots, but the moon, that's moon rocks. Got to be quiet, yeah. to eliminate things. Surprise, go with that. Here comes the drum break. Yeah, I wrote all that. Nice. Out. Yeah. So. Even they even gave me a credit on IMDb as a musical producer That's because awesome. of that. So I'm proud of that fact that I got to write and perform my own rap lyrics so, the very last season. Asked the rap artist, he said, yes. <laughs> That's my wife. You heard what she said in the background there. Yeah. If anybody <laughs> asks you are a god or a rap artist, you say yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah, from Ghostbusters. Yeah, right on. What uh, well, let's um, <laughs> what about let's uh, you know, when when I when I approached you because I just um, when when I when I approached you on Instagram and everything, and I appreciate you responding. I just discovered that Aquatine, you could watch it, stream it for free, twenty four hours a day on uh, you know, the website. So of course, you know, I'm reintroduced to it and watching it and watching it. And then you told me about the unfortunate thing that happened with your home, and I wanted to bring people awareness to that so they could reach out and help you because a lot of people love you and what you've done for them. Uh, could you tell us, uh, give us an update, you know, as, as far as like what, because I know, you know that big tree fell on it and you had to find your cats. Luckily you did, but what else is going on with you right now? I'll let my wife answer that. I'm going to go in the kitchen to get some more tea because I'm drinking tea right now. Yeah, okay. he just got the pasta. His voice is all, you know. Yeah. Just for yelling, like to be boisterous. Uh-huh. We've got everything situated now, but what we're looking for is like just money to um, get some shelves. I want to get some shelves so that I can put like books and his CDs and stuff off off the floors and out of cardboard boxes. 
uh-huh. and try to make it so that the recording studio that I set up for him, because of course I had to do that, right? Yeah. I have a computer and record, and I'm his second girl. But I want him to stop putting everything in the closet. Let's cause it to be clear of everything, because I want to be able to put, like, I have a separate room. That's my office. I'm going to put the shelves in the office with everything in shelves, clothes, books, whatever, his portfolio, just put everything in the in the guest room. But I can't do it without having the shelving in it because I need to have that. Because anything he puts in there is going to bounce down unless it's closed, but then I don't want it. I want it to be open, not claustrophobic feeling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he can go in there and, and be like, oh, I'm ready to record and relax, and it's just for doing sound. Yeah. I put I put a bunch of crap in the bathroom. See, before, before we moved into the other place that, that got hit by the trees, uh-huh. we were staying. See, I work full-time. And I work from home, and I work from a bit for for a, a rather large company. And I've always been working from home. But he doesn't get royalties. He doesn't get anything from like anything from Aquatine. He went into a studio years and years ago and got paid like six hundred bucks for an hour, and that's that's it. That's what happened. He got paid like ten thousand dollars for the movie, and that was it. Over, done, gone. He that's gets insane. no anything at all. So right now. We're living off of my income alone, and hopefully people that want to donate to our GoFundMe's and people buying his autographs and stuff online and him going to conventions. And right now, because of the COVID, nobody's going to conventions except he just came from one, so I'm hoping they're starting back up. But as it, as it is right now, we're living off one income, and I don't make a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to make it so that that I can that I can do everything from here. She's my tech head. Everybody has to have a tech head in their life. So right now we have to buy the software that recording studios use in uh-huh. order to record from home. Yeah. And it's a silly thing and I got a big chunk of money to it and hopefully it'll pan out where I put a big chunk of money into it which is the audition that he gets some parts so we can continuously pay for it and pay the extra amount that we're paying every month for rent. And the electricity bill is having a bigger play. Okay, so, honey, okay. I'm Thank just going to say, go ahead. Oh, my God. Yeah. I just, uh, well, uh, uh, give us the, the links as far as, like, where to donate. I know where they're at, but could you remind us as far as, like, which PayPal's legit and everything? Um, they're just, just what Carrie means because, the only PayPal's that exist right now for carry means are the ones for the initial people in the house help us get somewhere because that was very well needed because we went to Walmart right then and there to get him some clothes because he was he was in basically pajamas and that was all he had and I was in my workout gear and that was all I had. Oh my! And we clothes to wear for the next day at least. Um, and then there's another one. She'll send you the link. She'll send them the link after this. So she'll send it to you. And there's another one that's called Odds and Ends, and it's in my wish list to purchase all that I need and all the other stuff that I need to just get get it completely set up so that, you know, it's easier. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, because we we want we want to make people aware of it because, I you know I I didn't know about the you know no royalties that just blew my mind because, um, um Carrie you've you've given millions of hours of joy to people like me and and people all over the world so that just blew my mind. <laughs> know what a right to work state means? Yes, I, I I'm familiar. Uh huh. No unions, and he's not in SAG, so there's no unions. Yeah. So there was no. There was no, no no one really being able to. Even though if somebody really wants to hire you and work with you, they can work around that and you still get residuals and stuff. Because when we did work, Welcome to the Wayne on Nickelodeon, uh-huh. if you've ever heard, seen any of those episodes, it's basically Aqua Teen toned down for the kiddies. Yeah. My character's name was Jonah Bishop. Dave Willis's character's name was George. He was a doorman. And Dana Snyder's character's name was Wendell Wasserman, and he hunted vampires with spoons. And the Washington sounded exactly like Shay. George Doorman sounded exactly like Carl. Jonah Bishop sounded exactly like Guess Who? Cry yeah. a lot. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen it or heard of it, but it it aired and it aired this month around this time, 2016. It was nominated for an Emmy. Wow. But I guess Nickelodeon didn't really care much about it because they didn't really put any effort into. Uh, publicity or marketing or anything like that. It ended up going overseas and I was getting some pretty decent residual checks from it for that. So there's, there, there's plenty of loopholes in this SAG thing. Yeah, you got- I've done SAG work and got SAG pay and not not in SAG. So it kills me when somebody from Hollywood or one of these big wigs tells me I only work with SAG actors. I'm like, that's the end. You can work with whoever you want to work with. Aaron Magruder told me that when I met him in 2006 at San Diego Comic Con. And how, if they really wanted you, they could go, oh, I really want you. How about we just go ahead and get you in that? There's ways that you can get around it because the guy's name was Billy Lopez. He created the show. And uh, we were getting SAG wages and we got SAG royalties. We did from that show. I know I did. I can't speak about anybody else. I mean, Dana got the SAG through the back door way back in the day when he first moved to L.A., but that's L.A., you know what I'm saying? People have been been telling me I need to move to L.A., and I'm like, for what? No way. Uh Uh-uh. For what? It's a technology. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, let's go live in L.A. on the street in a tent. That's the Lots of joy for me, you know. Uh, 
and uh, you're one of the links that me and my daughter bond with. So you'll always be, you know, an MVP in my heart. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. That's yeah, pretty cool, man. Yeah, and and I always appreciate that, and you know I've always been a fan, and 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 it's just it's just amazing. But uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry all these things happened to you, and I I didn't know, you know I don't know how how it works on that end as far as you know getting paid stuff, but not that my, my opinion matters, but as as popular as the show still is, because I can go in a crowd of my friends and talk to it, and you know they're like, oh yeah yeah yeah, I mean it's still well known. I I didn't know there was no, you know. Uh, residual checks or whatever you call it, there, there should be because it's still playing everywhere. I still, if I'm up at night, it's still on Adult Swim. Dude, it plays overseas. It's in Australia. They have an Adult Swim Australia. It's in the UK. Yeah, it's all it's all over the place. Yep. Yeah. HBO Max is streaming it now. That's something that's funny that he doesn't have like a lot of followers on Facebook or nothing. I was like, that's funny. Like, I wonder if people. Don't know. People probably don't believe it's true, and that's me. Well, yeah. yeah. It's a um, but. But yeah, it's uh, man, it's just it's crazy because like you know, living in Middle Tennessee, close to Nashville, having a lot of friends that are musicians. I, I know some songwriters that have written songs from the 90s that still get checks in the mail. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was the, like, the guy that wrote, the guy that wrote the dance for Garth Brooks. They went to the meeting with their lo- entertainment lawyer. If they still get checks from songs they wrote in the 90s, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, but with, with Jerry, if he, doesn't, if he doesn't sell an autograph during the, during the month and doesn't go to a convention, he makes absolutely no money in the month. And that's, that's how it is. That sucks, but that's how it is. Yep, that's, that's a shame. That's heartbreaking. So much talent. COVID thing just shot my year out of hell. You know, I yeah, had yeah. Many, I had a lot of cons books. Yeah, he had like, like at one point he had three cons a month, a month for like four months, and that was like, that is enough for us to not have to worry about anything really. A year. So with with COVID and everything, like the last con you went to, is it limited to who can get in or how many people are in at a time and all that, I assume? We were worried about that, but it, it was a slow trickle, but it was a steady flow. Yeah. I mean, for – I don't know what to expect with any con I ever go to, because mm-hmm. especially for a con I've never been to. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, the guy who drove me there, the, the 3D guy that drove me there, this is the kind that he goes to every year, and he knows the people to run it. So that's that's what swayed me into deciding. Yeah, sure, I'll go with you. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He's like, well, they're not gonna give us a guarantee or nothing. What we make, we keep, and I'll pay for the hotel room. Do you want to go? I was like, hell yeah, let's just do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We'll stay safe. We'll wear our masks, which we did all weekend. Yeah, right now the condos are kind of dropping the whole guarantee thing because. They can't, I mean, even if they have, you know, 4,000 people buy tickets, they can't guarantee that they'll take the money or if they're even going to show up. But don't get me wrong, a lot of a lot of people cancel. A lot of guests cancel. Billy West is supposed to be at this thing this weekend with us. He canceled. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't blame it. I think he might have a weekend immune deficiency syndrome or something like that anyway. 
they uh, they push back the the three major ones that come through the the Nashville area to you know 2021 already, and and then they have a little local one here to Armory. It's it's mainly just people selling uh, you know uh, comic books and what have you, but they canceled that one too. So it's just like yeah, it's just a struggle all over the board. Yeah, man. Um, maybe the fall will look better. I don't know. There's there's a couple of things I got booked for the fall, like September, October. So we'll see what happens. Very special guest to the podcast this week, a very hilarious stand-up comedian, Mr. Sean Patton, spoke with us. Uh, he was supposed to be at Zany's August 10th, um, but he's had to reschedule like 28 times, and he's had to reschedule this one as well because of coronavirus. And uh, we caught up with him about that and what he's doing with his downtime. He gave me a little bit of advice. I headed to New Orleans this week uh, on a whim, went and did a little sightseeing. Him as a native uh, gave me some uh, helpful tips, and uh, just we discussed all that and then some. Uh, if you don't know him, check him out on his social medias. Watch him on YouTube or on Comedy Central. He is truly a comedic force to be reckoned with, and I was really uh, uh, glad to talk to him. He's very funny. Uh, had me laughing the whole time. So Sean Patton's next on the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. Away we go. It's a musician and who has attempted stand up. Uh, when you're playing music, obviously you're you're with a group of people. But when you're up there and you tell a joke that you think is going to just go over and it bombs and it's just you in silence, there's nothing more punishing in your life. Yeah, you know what's really fun? you know what's actually funny about that. Uh, I, uh, I I make a, I make a military. I I, I, just, I just made a military joke. But have you ever do you, do you have any military in your family? Do you know any military? Are you military yourself? Uh, no, I'm not military. I have I have friends, but as far as immediate family, no, I do not. You know, you ever see like um, that the, there was the movie Jarhead, but like Marines basically say to each other, "Welcome to the suck." Yeah. Like you know, like the, I I kind of feel that way with comedians, where it's like you have to the suck is sort of bombing, and you have to welcome you. You have to become its. You have to get used to it and become a friend to it and almost embrace it because it's, it's, it's inevitable. Yeah. It's in, it's inevitable and truthfully, it's the, it's how you get better. You know what I mean? Like, it's the, it's pretty much the only way to get better, to be honest. Like, killing it and having a great set is amazing and it's awesome and it's life-fulfilling and it's beautiful and, oh, God, it's wonder, It's such a, you know, it, there's nothing like it, you know, but it also... It, bombing and feeling that like how oh, how did they not see that that's funny and questioning yourself and yeah sort of feeling like a useless pile of trash is is what actually makes you go wait a second oh I should have said it this way or I should have delivered that line faster or I should have I should change these two words around and that's how you get better so you have to get used to it yeah, uh, and uh, speaking of that, um, I go to, you know, we have, like, a few comedy clubs in Nashville, not very many, but I go to uh, Zany's quite a bit. and like we have Zany's is one of the best in the country. Yeah, it's great, but um, yeah. we, we have people that have their residencies there, and like you were talking, like if they do a, a joke and it didn't go over so well, they just kind of yeah. brush it off and go, okay, that one, we'll just restructure that side again, so on and so forth. Actually, I think I, I think I know personally two of the – Guys who have residencies there, Fragazzi and uh, Dusty Slay. Dusty, yeah, yeah, Dusty for sure. Nate, Nate comes in quite a bit as well, but I know he's kind of 
he just keeps growing as far as his popularity. But it's always fun when he drops in and does, you know, four or five shows at a time. Yeah, Nate's a, Nate Nate was the first person I ever met from Nashville. Um, yeah. And I was I was expecting everyone I ever met in that. I think Nashville and Louisiana and New Orleans, where I'm from, are, are similar places where like you do have you do have like the people who fit the stereotype you know what i mean uh-huh like and then you have but then you actually go to the city and you're like oh yeah this is just it's too massive of a city to have one type of person you know yeah but exactly. but yeah yeah but nate and i go way back i love that dude but i met dusty a couple of years back and he's, he's fantastic too yeah a great group of guys um and, and i'm with you uh, the only person i've ever met and spent some time with it's like authentic New Orleans. It's Fred LeBlanc from Cowboy Mouth, and that's what I picture everybody's going to be like when I get out. Here. <laughs> uh, everybody, everybody's going to be a, the, the prince, the prince of the band. Yeah, like that guy. I've never even met that guy, so there you go. Like, I, I know, I know who he is. Growing up in New Orleans, I mean, Cowboy Mouth. Shit, Cowboy Mouth had their own stage at Jazz Fest. They might still. Wow. As far as I know, they said like yeah, the Cowboy Mouth stage. They would just play every year, and they're like a they're like a local legend. Yeah. Yeah, they're really um, cool. Wait, what? So that is that what you're going to do? Are you going? Are you just going to New Orleans to hang out with Fred LeBlanc? I'm not. Uh, I haven't told him I'm coming. He's 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 very much quarantined. I don't think he's kind of like not into germs. So I think the COVID thing. You know, I know you don't like germs either. Probably. Uh, he probably doesn't want to get too close to people. I don't think any, I don't think anybody does. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's funny. When you're like, he's not in the germs in my head. I'm trying to think. Like, I'd like to meet the person who's like, oh man, bring me these germs. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, the thing is, I've always wanted to see New Orleans, and I work two jobs. And I haven't had a day off in like four months, and I took five off just to head to New Orleans. Uh, two main things I've got on my brain: I want to have a beignet. Um, yeah, that's yeah. like that's like hot chicken in Nashville. That's where everybody says. And I want to go see the house they call the Rising Sun. See that 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 second one. I don't even know what what that is. I always thought that was a metaphor. I always thought that was like a metaphor for the city of New Orleans itself. It um, might be, but a Travelocity has an address where there's a bed and breakfast. So I was just gonna go see oh, it. Oh no shit! Well, that's, man, it's always funny when. I talk to people who are going to New Orleans or who have been, who have done more in the city than I have. Um, oh yeah, I've never done that. <laughs> I mean, beignets, yeah. beignets are yeah. You got to like, it's just one of those things that you're like, how good can this be? And then you have one, and you're like, I, I get it. You know, like this is this is okay. This is fantastic. It's 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 a donut. It's what every donut aspires to be, but we'll never. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. just yeah. Um, when people talk to me about Tennessee, it's it's the hot chicken and moonshine, and every and the, like. It, as a matter of fact, this weekend is the Beignet Festival in New Orleans. Jesus, you know more than I do. I didn't realize there was even a Beignet Festival. I mean, well, it makes the, sense. Yeah, well, being from Nashville, you know, uh, the music to New Orleans. I'm a music guy, and it's all connected. And and I guess sure. like the last place I haven't been where great music thrives from. So, well, I haven't been to Detroit yet to see Motown, but that's like maybe on my birthday. I mean, New or- you could you one could say that New Orleans and Nashville are related, are like sister cities. 
Uh-huh. You know, like there's a yeah. lot there's a lot of similarity there. Like they're both they're both sort of like I mean I don't know. I mean Nashville had I mean I'm sorry. You see there you go. I, I meant to say Tennessee, but I just said Nashville because that's yeah. when I when I think Tennessee I think Nashville. But Memphis is also pretty cultural, as then Knoxville is pretty cool. Um, you know, New Orleans also has Baton Rouge and Lafayette, but but Nashville and New Orleans are both sort of like the big cities in these southern states and the ones you know music and uh have a culture to it and they're like you know they're like siblings that were separated at birth exactly and, yeah and like and you know new orleans is way more into black dudes but <laughs> you know that's that's yeah. how it is you know um that's that's, that's, that's what makes them that's what that's that's why it's got so much soul but um the no that, i mean i i love i love coming to nashville too and that's that's the thing. Like beignets, the first time I had hot chicken, Nashville hot chicken in Nashville, I was like, I mean, who hasn't had hot chicken before? And then yeah. I had it and was like, oh, that's, yeah, okay. That's a different yeah. level. Yeah, but, um, absolutely. And also, beignets are great because they're basically just, like, they're basically just kittle for the fire that will be all the booze you drink. You know what really? I'm saying? Like, Oh yeah, you you eat one of those and you're like, okay, I'm pretty full. You eat, they'll give you three. They usually come three to an order. Oh wow. And and you eat all three and you're like, well, Jesus, I'm full. What do I do now? Obviously, I should just drink a shitload of booze because now <laughs> I'm already here in the French Quarter. So yeah. you're gonna be. I, I'm I'm actually excited for you. <laughs> I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Like I, I'm driving. You know, like uh, we discussed a little bit earlier. I'm driving through Mississippi. And I'm just, I'm not even, I've got tunnel vision. Like, I'm not even thinking about just the road and just the massive parcels of trees. I'm just thinking about the Pontchartrain and then, like, New Orleans. That's all that's on the brain. Yeah, man. The, Mississippi's a lot of things, but what it's not is scenic. Uh, and <laughs> driving, yeah, driving, I, I've made that exact eight-hour drive of, Jesus Christ, dude, that's like, that is, there's some beautiful cities in North, in Mississippi, but you would not realize it from the interstate. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. um, well, one one stop I'm making before I cross the border to Louisiana is in Gil, uh, Gillsburg, Mississippi. Do you know what happened in Gillsburg, Mississippi? I have I have never even heard of Gillsburg, Mississippi. But please, please. Uh, the Leonard Skinner plane fell. That's where it crashed. No shit. Yeah, heading to Baton Rouge. So I'm gonna go. They 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 just uh, erected a monument there. I think in 2018. So I'm gonna hit that, and then like right after that, like an hour later, you're in Louisiana, heading to New Orleans. Wait, where were they? Where were they coming from? And going from Alabama somewhere? No, they were coming from. Um, oh man, I believe they were either coming from. Uh, I think they were coming from Missouri. Do not hold me to that. But the pilots did not put gas in the plane, and that's why it crashed. They were heading to uh, Baton Rouge for a concert, crashed in Gillsburg, Mississippi. I mean, one could even argue that even the sky is that depressing above Mississippi. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, one thing I wanted to bring up with you, I was super excited. You're supposed to be uh, August 10th in Nashville, which is always a great treat when you come, and now they're telling me you have to push it back. What's going on with that? I mean, that's that. To my knowledge, that's uh, it's with the club. It's the the they're having 
uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's such a, I've had to do this now month after month after month where, like, we get to the middle of the month and then stuff starts, you know, shutting down again. Or or I get word from club owners that they're like, ah, oh, man, we've got to – we're fluctuating, you know. Some some states are real hard about how many, how much capacity of people they're going to let in. Some, you know, and that, that changes. And then it just – it becomes a situation of – God damn it, both the club and I, is it worth me coming now or should I just wait until uh, things are a little, you know, hopefully more open? I mean, but to my to my knowledge, I was just told that the, the club might have, they don't know for sure that they will be open that week. Yeah. Uh, and so they're, they're like, let's not, let's not risk it. We might just have to change the date again, which is, a bummer because I was originally supposed to be there in March, and then wow. of course, and obviously that was like uh, obviously that's going to change, and then that changed to June, and then it was like oh yay June, and then June comes around, it's like no, and yeah. then yeah, so and then the whole thing that happened, what happened with DL at the club, DL Hubley, yeah, yeah, that that sort of freaked everybody out, but I'm glad he's okay, but yeah. Yeah, having COVID and performing, and uh, I know the comedian that was emceeing for him. He was like, "Yeah, we shared the same mic," and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, man, there's a lot of. Yeah, I mean, it it, it sucks that it's a it sucks that it's a uh, a disease caused by a virus that spreads through. You know, the one thing you need people to be doing uh, to make stand-up comedy work is be jammed together, laughing loudly. Yeah, you know what I'm saliva <laughs> and yeah, and moisture in there. Yeah, no, I get it, I get yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's just one of those things where you're like, ah, god damn it. But I mean, yeah. in in New York, like in New York, there are outdoor shows, and a, a lot of them. So I've been I've been doing quite a few outdoor shows, which are not the same at all. Yeah. Um, but and and can be weird, but aren't terrible. And it's like, hey, at least there's shows again. Yeah, because you know, it's been Indeed. months, months we're going by, you know. Yeah, because but, it's it's one of my favorite things to be a part of, and and you know I'm I'm missing it because every time I get tickets, you know it's always well we're pushing back, pushing back, and, and you never know. Like I've got three sets of tickets uh, for three yeah. different comics, yourself included, and every time you know I'm Thank like you. all right, let's make plans. It'll be like ah oh, well you know it's going to be in February of 2028 or whatever. So. Yeah, I man. I I, yeah, I feel like I feel like coronavirus is just gonna be like the the McRib of viruses, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, every every now and again, it's gonna be back, and then yeah. hopefully, but you know, and hopefully it doesn't become a permanent a permanent thing. But I mean, you know, it's it's a bummer, man, because like also, you know, uh, I, I I know a few comedians who have started touring because there 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 are clubs. That do stay open, and our comedians who just sell tickets at such a volume, it doesn't matter if the club wants to stay open or not. Most of them just will because they know they'll sell out, or they'll sell their max capacity. And you know, they they'll catch shit from everyone online, being like, "Oh my God, you're putting all these people at risk with your shows." And it's like, look, man, like people are going to make choice. These people who would go out to shows during a pandemic. I'm going to go out to something during a pandemic. And if everyone's being safe and we have to like, 
we can't put this in the government or even in the state or city's hands. We have to put it in each other's hands and be like, look, let's just all fucking be cool, be safe, do the right thing, wear the mask, wear the fuck, you know, not fondle each other and get through this so that life can start. Because, like, you think about all the things just outside of the performer, just outside of me wanting to be on stage again. It's like there's a staff that gets to make money again. There's people who get to get out of the house and fucking feel insane again. And, you know, it's like there's a lot of involved with society starting up. You know what I mean? Like, it's just such a hard thing to have to repeatedly test. Oh, man. I mean, it's been – when I had to cancel all my April and May dates, I was like, hey, you know, that feels normal. That's not normal, but that feels logical. You know, obviously everything got shut down. When I started when I started to cancel June and July, it was like, God, this is hard. Now it's hard. Now it's fucking crazy, you know? And, like, I was supposed to, in July, go back and visit my family in New Orleans. Because I had a bunch of dates in the South, in yep. Alabama and uh, Georgia, and I had to cancel all those. And it was like, man, I didn't, not even going to go get to see my family now because it doesn't make sense to just go. So it's just... Oh, it's fucking crazy, man. That's, that's another reason why I'm so envious of you getting to go to New Orleans right now. Cause yeah, well, it's just, I just, it was like I'm striking while the iron's hot. I just, I had to, I had to go see it, and uh, I just, uh, I've been going stir crazy, so it was the thing to do. Yeah, I mean, it's a fucking, that's yeah. that is that is a uh, that is one thing I guess you know checks all the boxes if it's like, hey, you know, uh, driving eight hours alone in a car. No one else around. Yeah, that's that's and and for you know, hundred miles, there's distance for you. Yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just uh, just the open road and uh, some radio stations I'm not quite familiar with. Oh yeah, buddy, a lot of a lot of Jesus talk. Yeah, indeed. What uh, let's talk. Speaking of podcasts, I, I just got turned on to yours, which I really like so far. How long have you been at that? though the five words one. Oh man, that that thank you. Uh that we've been doing that for just over a year. And it's you know, it's with my partner Caitlin and we uh my uh we 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 do it when we can for both, you know, obviously we've both been in the same place uh fucking all this whole time. It's it's really hard doing the podcast uh with without when you can't have people over at your place. I mean like Zoom is fine. And you, you know, you, you kind of have access to more uh, guests because you could get to any anyone in the world can do it. You know, we've had a couple of international guests do it from London and from Scotland, and that's uh-huh. cool. But like, I don't know. There's just something something about not having the person right there with you. You know, but yeah, it still no. works. It still works. I mean, like, you know, we're having a good time here, and you're in a car somewhere in Mississippi, and I'm on the streets in Brooklyn. Well, like, you know, I'm close, I'm close to Yazoo City. <laughs> Yazoo City, Mississippi. That's just, yeah. Jesus Christ. That's just that. That that sounds like where bad decisions are made. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so far, the five people I've seen out here, they look like they've made a couple already. Yeah. Like they, they actually work at the factory. Oh, they're a bad decisions factory. We got one up the road. It's just you know, it's a bunch of you clock in, you drink a shitload of Fireball. You know, you you eat a you eat a bunch of ramen, and then you know you decide you make some decisions. It's like yep. that's that's actually that's actually my twenties. That sounds like, but the, 
Yeah, yeah man. But, but like, uh, the podcast is fun. We love doing it, you know. Uh, a while, like, a, a couple years back, Al Madrigal, who I fucking admire and love as a comedian, but he's also, you know, him and Bill Burr, who I also fucking love as a comedian. Yeah. Uh, they started All Things Comedy, and he came to me and was like, do a podcast. And I was like, ah, I'm too... I'm too shy to do a podcast, which is which is kind of true. But uh, it's weird. I, getting on getting on stage in front of strangers and kind of just opening my mind up for them, not that big of a deal to me. Always been something I could do. But, like, the idea of, like, right now, this, like, talking into a device and being recorded and having people listen to it while I'm not around, it's uh-huh. always, always seems very, like, all right, let's do it. Like, that, that gives me a little bit of a... The nervous Nellies, not gonna lie, but yeah, gotten, gotten used to it. But um, yeah, it's, it's fun. Podcasting's fun, and like, it, the the whole gimmick of like you know them giving us five words and us making a story out of it. That's something Caitlin and I used to do when we were shit faced at bars, when we'd be or like you know we'd be out at clubs in New, in Manhattan and doing sets, and you know you're, that's what's beautiful about being a comedian in New York is you know on a fucking Saturday night or sometimes a Tuesday night, you know, you'd, you'd have all the five or six sets. So you're just bouncing from club to club. And whenever you get a little bit of downtime, you just go to the bar, have a drink and you're talking to another comedian. And we would just sit there and be like, Hey, and they'd be like, Hey, someone would be like, man, fucking today. And they'd be like, hold on, don't tell me, but give me five words of just give me five random words from what you're about to say. And they would do it. And we try and get, and it was always just fun. And we were like, wait, what if we did that as a podcast? Just trying to yep. guess people's stories with only five words. Um, very original. Yeah, very original thought process. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, it's been crazy. Like, David Cross did an episode, and he – you don't know who he is. I mean, you know, you, you Google David Cross. The moment you see him, you're probably like, oh, that guy. I've yeah. seen him in fucking everything, but he's also a fantastic comedian, amazing comedian, one of my idols. So, like, he came and did it late last year. And, you know, having him in my apartment, you know, uh, to record was insane. Trying to pretend like the whole time I wasn't like, oh, my God, David Cross is in my apartment. Yeah. But, yeah. So, and and then he went to the bathroom and definitely took a dump. And I had to, like, <laughs> like definitely. Because it was just, like, the length of time he was in there, you know. Uh, it was, he's definitely taking a shit right now. Oh and. God. And then afterwards, just being like, I got to try and not freak out about the fact that David Cross, my idol, just took a dump in my bathroom. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the yeah. guy man- manages the chipmunks, for crying out loud. He does. He is a manager. <laughs> yeah. He manages a few chipmunks in my yeah. bathroom. He, sent them- <laughs> he had a little couple of waterlogged chipmunks. <laughs> yeah. He sent, them to- he sent them to do a uh, show at the Brooklyn Bowl. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great! Yeah, yeah. You're, but, you're, well, hey, that's how I feel about you, man. You're one of my top comedians, and and thank you for the time. I've always admired you, and and now that uh, I've uh, we've been chatting, uh, when I come see you in Nashville this time, you can be like, oh yeah, instead of oh yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, buddy, fuck yeah. Um, yeah. and 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 when you get to New Orleans, can I give you a, can I give you a couple pointers? Please. Um. That's the place. I'm, I'm just trying to think if it be open, but I think everything's going to be open. If you're going to be in the French Quarter, go to – there's a bar called Molly's on the Market. Okay. Molly's? And, Molly, and get the frozen Irish coffee, right? 
It okay. is fucking dangerous. It's the most delicious, especially in summer. It's summer right now, and it's going to be fucking hot in New Orleans. It's going to be like a swampy sort of New Orleans heat where it feels, it feels like you're constantly just getting out of a shower. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't, I haven't bathed in days. Why do I feel like I just bathed? But, so, frozen Irish coffee, it's going to be a delicious, refreshing beverage that is also, like, loaded down with whiskey, and you cannot taste it. So, it's, yeah. So, just trust, trust me on that. Get you a frozen Irish, Molly's at the market, and then just wander. Like, that's my biggest thing is don't try and have a plan. Just wander into the madness, and you'll love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and that wraps up this week's Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. Special thanks to our awesome guests, Carrie Maines and Sean Patton. And a very special thank you to you, the listeners, because without you, this would be no point in doing this, because I'd be talking to myself, just talking into the air. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening and being a part of this continuous, episodic podcast adventure that is my life, Josh Belcher Uncharted. Uh, and uh, once again, if you know anybody you think would be a great guest, have them hit me up, joshbelcher at hotmail.com. Now, uh, you have a great rest of your week. Be safe, be happy, be careful. And remember, I love you for you and where you're at in life currently. We'll catch you later down the line. All right, next time. Bye.